Welcome to the show. We are tuned in for real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer and coach trainer for the Heal Your Life Certification Program and best-selling author of Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment, so let's get started. everyone and welcome back to another absolutely magical and inspirational podcast. I am really excited for the podcast today because our guest is actually a very good friend of mine and she has been overcoming a few obstacles that have been in her way and really showing us how it's done, right? Like this is how you do it. And instead of stumbling on these stumbling blocks or using them as an excuse to kind of stay stuck or stay where she is, she instead used them as stepping stone. And it has really inspired me. And so I wanted to share it with you. Our guest today is Roxy Wright. She is a Heal Your Life teacher and Heal Your Life coach. She is an emotional freedom technique. So EFT level three practitioner and certified trainer. She has this really cool thing that she does that is so unique is that she works with horses. So she's also an equestrian Canada certified riding instructor, a level two centered riding instructor, a therapeutic riding instructor. And she does Qigong meditation work that she shares with the world through her Facebook group. So you can find Roxy on Facebook uh, at Roxy Wright. So that's W-R-I-G-H-T. So Roxy, R-O-X-Y, W-R. I-G-H-T, Roxy Wright on Facebook, and her website is roxywright.com. And uh, it is a beautiful, well laid out, easy to follow website. So feel free to wander on over there and check out her website while we talk on the podcast today. Welcome to the show, Roxy. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me to be here. Oh, it is just such a pleasure to have you here. And uh, as I alluded to in your introduction, sometimes, you know, when life happens, we've got, we've got choices. We can take those, the obstacles, and we can use them as a reason to stay stuck in our story or as a reason to coast through life for a few years. Or we can use them as a way to really fine tune our mission and our passion and our message. And I love something you have on your website says, creating a more stable me in an unstable world. Wow. Can you tell us more about that? Um, Yeah. Number one, it's a play on words with horses, right? Mm -hmm. That's really stable. (laughs) Just to point that out there for people who don't know about horses, but stability is the, when we feel unstable, then we just get knocked off our pins and then it's really hard to find our center again. Mm -hmm. And riding is about centeredness. Uh, One of the, my certifications is called centered riding. Life is about centeredness. Louise is about centeredness. You know, we, we center and as I've walked this path and especially this path of pain, I'm discovering that that center is within And so creating a more stable me when I'm stable and centered within myself and my connection to the universe, then the winds can blow. And sometimes they blow blow me a little off center, but can always come back on center if that center is within. It's interesting that you're using that terminology. When I think back on my life, the storms of life were definitely times that I felt like I was off center Mm -hmm. and off balance. And, you know, I'm thinking of one relationship in particular that I was in with someone who I believe to have narcissistic personality disorder. And I felt off balance that entire relationship. So that whole centeredness piece was missing. 
And um, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey that for people who are listening, you can find another podcast that I did with Roxy probably about a year ago. So just go back and check through the podcast listings and find that one. And then this is kind of part two. So since that first podcast, you've been having some major problems around pain, but you have found a solution. Can you take us through that story? Well, number one, I would ask to you to define solution because I'm still in pain mm-hmm. uh, and we'll address that piece a little bit later on. But one of the things that, so I come from, I've always been a very physical person. I've always lived in my body physically and athletically. And, you know, I played basketball as a teenager. I ran when my marriage broke down, my first marriage broke down in my late thirties. I'd always kind of wanted to run a marathon and At that time, I went into marathon training because I needed to prove to myself that I could do and complete hard things. And I felt like I was a failure in my marriage failure. And so I ran a marathon. I trained for a marathon. And going from ground zero to marathon shape is hell on wheels. (laughs) Yes, it is. I will amen that. (laughs) Have you run a marathon? Yes. (laughs) There you go. So I'm preaching to the choir here. (laughs) Um, And so the universe in that process asked me, invited me to run more than one marathon. And so I ran, I ultimately ran about 25 marathons or ultra marathons. And the longer distance, the longest distance I have covered on my feet in a race situation is 100 miles. And I don't say that to impress you, but I say that to impress upon people that are listening that we have a lot of capacity in us if we learn and understand how to train our brain and our mind. For me in that capacity though, I my, used my brain to push my body and to drive my body and require my body to do something for me that would prove to my brain <clears throat> that I was worthy and that I was okay and that I was somewhere on the realms of superwoman. I remember very specifically running the 100 mile race. You have a certain time frame in which to complete these races and the net elevation gain and loss in this particular race is 9,000 feet. Oh, and it's in the coolies of Lethbridge. So you're constantly climbing and dropping and climbing and dropping. And I remember specifically one night, it was about one o'clock in the morning, and that race took me over 36 hours to complete, well, about 34 hours to complete it. I remember running out there about one o'clock in the morning, and I'm chugging along on this moonlit night, and nobody is with you. You're by yourself. And I'm chugging along, and I'm thinking, okay, when I'm done this, what's next? Oh, well, there's the death race up in Grand Grand Cash. That's 125 miles, and so we're three mountain peaks and stuff. And as I'm running along, I'm thinking, who is pushing me? Who is driving me? What is that voice in me that's saying, what's next when I haven't even done this? And I realized at that time that at that moment that it was the voice of my father, and I, and I will hopefully we'll get to the place of forgiveness later on in the video or in the podcast. It was the voice of my father for whom I could never be perfect. I would bring home a 95 on a math test and he'd ask me where the last 5% was. Mm-hmm. And as I ran along there and I'm running along up top that hill, I realized that you know, and I started talking to my dad and I said, like, so if I don't run a hundred miles, then am, am I an acceptable person? And I chose to believe at that time that I was acceptable and I did not run a hundred miles. And so my next part of the path was a 300 foot descent down a very horrid cow path to the bottom of the coulee. And I laid down on the bottom of the coulee and I bawled my eyes out. And I just said, like, if I don't finish this, am I acceptable? And I decided that I was, and I walked off that race and I quit. And I said, I am not running this race because as I am, and I I am an acceptable person. And then the next year I thought, but I want to run the race. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I went back to the race and I completed it because I wanted to run the race, not because there was a mind or a concept driving me 
that said I needed to be acceptable to do so. Now, that was my mind and my body that got together, but it wasn't the spiritual part of me. And so as I've come forward in my life and I've manifest a number of things, if you go to my, I have another website that can link to, if you go to my Heart Haven Ranch website, what you see on there, you'll see a, a beautiful riding arena and you'll see a house and you'll see horses. That 73 acres was a barley field in 2007. And so my abilities to manifest have been great. I mean, I've manifested myself running a hundred mile race and doing many, many things. But in the process, it was as I've moved into my third trimester of life, I'm 60 years old now, I've realized that I've actually kind of left my body behind in consultation to see if it was on board with what I wanted to do. Because I was used to driving it and I was used to it responding and saying, got that got that. I'll do that. I'll do that. I was a competitive horseback rider, jump, gallop, you know, all that stuff, all the things that make mm -hmm. you want to fly. And my body started telling me in 2016 that it was kind of done with being bullied and started giving me some messages that I needed to start listening to. And then as I was listening, but not really hearing and listening and not really hearing, truly not understanding though, one of Louise's principles is everyone is doing their very best with what they know in the given moment. And I was and am doing my very best with what I know in the given moment. But my body was starting to tell me, okay, sister, we've got some evolution here to do and we've got some things to learn. And I'm going to teach you this by kind of taking things apart. <laughs> and so it took apart the cartilage in my hips. And um, again, we can sit in our stories and we can play pity party. And, and I have clearly done that. <laughs> oh, why is this happening to me? What's going on? What am I doing? I refuse because people say, oh, yeah, you ran all those marathons. I refuse to say to myself, oh, I shouldn't have run those marathons. Those marathons were defining parts of my life. I am now learning that now going forward, I can understand my body more and I can, and, and I look out into the, to the world of people who I believe to be my mentors. And Louise Hay was my very first one. And she was the, she's the grandmother of all of this positive stuff. She's just, and every person that you see now in the thought field influencer world, they are expanding on concepts that Louise Hay had taught long ago. Like mm -hmm. they're just, they're taking a concept and now they're taking it and proving it scientifically. She was probably, I mean, it wasn't there when she was in her earlier, um, but she was probably really dubbed as a woo-woo out there nutcase, but she had cancer twice. She died her way at 90 years old, mm -hmm. peacefully in her sleep, cancer free. So she took her principles and that's why they're become world principles because she lived them. And, well, and, so, and now they've become proven science as well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She gave them the template and they went searching for the reason. So I am searching for the reasons and I'm using the template to search for the reason. So next question. Oh. I can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just like totally captivated and taking so many notes about what you're saying. And, and when you say, you know, I'm using the template and I'm searching for the answers to me, that's what the solution is. The, as soon as you get out of being stuck in that story that, you know, this happened to me, where's my rocking chair? Then as far as I can see, you know, you're in that solution mindset. And I just feel so, I relate to you so much in what you're saying, because I know that we can feel so betrayed by our bodies. And I'm sure so many people listening have had those feelings at one time in their life, whether it was, you know, a, a knee issue or a weight issue, or maybe they're not coordinated or whatever the case may be. And 
we have that ability to work with what we have and to just be able to like even reinvent who it is we are. Because I've seen people who are in similar situations to you that are athletes who are not catching those cues from their body that say, you know what, I want to shift into a different phase. Like you said, now for you, you want to focus more on the spirituality, but instead they're fighting back against their bodies and they're getting this shot and that shot and this brace and that brace. And they're still pushing, pushing, pushing hard right on their bodies where I think that what you've done is you've shifted into a more loving way of moving your body yes, and of feeding your mind and through feeding your mind, nourishing your body. Exactly. Louise's 10 ways to love yourself, to learn to love yourself. Very first one that she puts out there is stop. I, I love hearing her voice because I've heard this multiple, multiple times. Stop all criticism. Stop it now. Yeah. And betrayal is a criticism. When we think, I, when we feel betrayed for our body, or by our body, we are criticizing it. Mm-hmm. We are blaming it. Criticism yeah. and blame go all together. And that's, and judgment, they're all mixed in there. They're a little triad there that just dance around and wreak havoc with us. And being able to release ourselves from those things. And because they're the human condition, this judgment is purpose driven. We look at and use judgment to project out to other people what we need to heal in ourselves. And so when we can softly and kindly take that concept, and as soon as I judge somebody, and we all do it multiple times a day, okay? So if anybody's out there listening saying, well, I don't judge anybody. Guess what, sister or brother? <laughs> it mm-hmm. is what we do as human beings. Mm-hmm. And then if we turn that back on ourselves and judge ourselves for judging somebody, then we're really in the mire. But if we yes. can look at ourselves, like Louise says, she says, just observe the thoughts as they go through your mind. This is, mm-hmm. And again, I can hear a voice. There's a judgment thought. Well, there goes a catastrophe. <laughs> and if we can observe ourselves and see our judgments without judgment. Yes. Yes. Allow, yes, exactly. And allow ourselves to be human and then look ourselves in the mirror and say, I love you anyway. I can again hear Louise's voice. Mm-hmm. I love you anyway. Even though you've judged yourself, even though you think you're this and that, I love you. I love you. I love you. Yes. And what I'm finding I'm doing less and less now, I mean, I have looked at everything. I'm walking with two canes. And I, if I do not have those canes, I really literally can't take, I can't take a step without pain, but I could not... It would take me probably five minutes to walk 20 feet, like quite literally. Mm -hmm. My body is saying to me, like, I'm on my journey. So, like, I heard your voice right there. um, (laughs) I just hate the thought of you being in pain. I know, I know. And we look at each other. We want to take away each other's pain. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool metaphor. Thank you for saying that. Because when I was training for marathons, I was running. It was through the winter and I had a 22-mile training run to do. And that's a lot of a run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... It was a dead of winter and I'm a bit of a cold wimp. And so I was not going outside to do it. It's actually quite dangerous because on a run like that, you need to either carry your fluid and your nutrition or you need to have it in, in designated spaces. So I was running at a place called the Talisman Center in Calgary and they have an elevated running track. And so I had, it was probably like close to a hundred laps or over a hundred laps that I needed to do on that track to accomplish the distance that I needed to accomplish that day. And I'm trucking along on the track and I'm at about mile 14, 15. And those were easy miles because I'd done them over and over and over again. And the hardest miles are the last ones, those extra miles that have been tacked onto your training run, because those are the ones that push you and create the growth. And there was a friend that I had, and I was a single person at the time. And there was a friend that I had that was downstairs in the weight room. He saw that I was running. So he would come upstairs every, probably every 15 or 20 minutes, and he would run a lap. And I thought that every time he came up, 
it would be kind of easier so to run a lap because I'd have somebody to distract me and I could get out of my mind and I could get out of my body. And so as he came up to run with me, first couple of times we chat a little bit and stuff and, and then he'd go, he'd go away. And I started to realize that every time he came up to me and ran with me, wanting to support me, and I, that was truly his intention. He wanted to support me, but every time he came and ran with me, I felt my energy depleted. And then the last time he, he went away, I thought, what is this? And then I realized that my expectation when he came to walk beside me was that his presence would help me and make my path easier. And it did not. It actually made my path harder. So the next time he came up, I, I realized this and I said, I really appreciate you coming. But these last, and at about mile 19, I was ready to quit my run. And I never, never quit my race, my runs, training runs, because I had the goal and I knew I had to accomplish these things. But I was out of time, mind frame that I was wanting to just. So when he came up again, I said, I really appreciate you supporting me and wishing to support me. I need to do this on my own. And when he went down, I said, I'll come down and find you when I'm finished. When he went down, I found my inner resources to complete that training run at 22 miles. And as I've been walking this path now with this pain, and of course, when you've got physical pain, you're going to look at the medical things. You're going to look at your diet. You're going to look at your exercise. You're going to look at your biofunction of your body, the mechanical functioning of your body. You can look at all those things. I have done everything on the planet that you can physically think of to heal and cure these hips. I have fasted for 40 days. I have taken all crap out of my body. I have exercised. I have not exercised. I have rested. I have ingested everything that you think you should ingest to heal the body. I have purged. <laughs> you know, so I've physically done everything. And, and anytime I see an advertisement of arthritis, I'll go to that advertisement. And look at it, go to that advertisement, look at it. And I'm starting to pare all of that away now and stop thinking, oh, this piece is going to cure me, or this piece is going to cure me. And then I've started to understand on a cellular level that I need to go inside between me and the universe. We're going to figure this out. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I will still look at those outside influences for information that I can maybe take in and use. That information has to come into me and be used in my body to figure out what is correct for me. That is so beautifully said, you know, between me and the universe, we're going to work this out. And, and like you said, you know, I love that expression, God helps those who help themselves. So you're open and you're yes. watching and you're trying and so on, but just knowing that we are going to work this out. And on uh, my podcast, I always like to share a motivational quote. And I have to tell you, I don't know if you just, if you realize it or not, but you gave us the most amazing lesson with something that you said, and I want to use it for today's quote. Cool. You said, the extra miles push you and create the growth. Yes. You heard it here from Roxy Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Who has covered many, 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 many of those extra miles. <laughs> yes. So whatever it is that you're going through in life, whatever, you know, if it's your relationships or your spiritual life or your health, or maybe something to do with your career, just know the extra miles push you and create the growth. Yes. It's universal and it's brilliant. Thank you for that, Roxy. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing your stories. I appreciate all that you're doing out there in the world. And I really want people to find you on your website and your Facebook page. It is roxywright.com. 
for both, R-O-X-Y-W-R-I-G-H-T.com and on Facebook at Roxy Wright. So thank you again for being on the show. And I really feel led to just share with the listeners and with you my very, very favorite Louise Hay quote, I guess we'll call it. It is her loving treatment. And Mm. it's a little bit long, but it's my absolute favorite. My book opens to it and it applies to us all. So uh, for everyone who's listening, if it is safe to do so, please do take a moment and just take a nice deep breath and relax your body and get comfortable. If it's safe to do so, just close your eyes and center yourself in these words that were written by Louise Hay. Deep at the center of my being, there is an infinite well of love. I now allow this love to flow to the surface. It fills my heart, my body, my mind, my consciousness, my very being, and radiates out from me in all directions and returns to me multiplied. The more love I use and give, the more I have to give. The supply is endless. The use of love makes me feel good. It is an expression of my inner joy. I love myself, therefore I take loving care of my body. I lovingly feed it nourishing food and beverages. I lovingly groom it and dress it, and my body lovingly responds to me with vibrant health and energy. I love myself, therefore I provide for myself a comfortable home, one that fills all my needs and is a pleasure to be in. I fill the rooms with the vibration of love so that all who enter, myself included, will feel this love and be nourished by it. I love myself, therefore I work at a job that I truly enjoy doing and one that uses my creative talents and abilities, working with and for people that I love and love me and earning a good income. I love myself, therefore I behave and think in a loving way to all people, for I know that which I give out returns to me multiplied. I only attract loving people in my world, for they are a mirror of what I am. I love myself, therefore I forgive and totally release the past and all past experiences, and I am free. I love myself, therefore I live totally in the now, experiencing each moment as good and knowing that my future is bright and joyous and secure, for I am a beloved child of the universe and the universe lovingly takes care of me now and forevermore. And so it is. Amen. Amen. So thank you for being on the show, Roxy. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Your wisdom is always astounding to me. And I love how you share in stories and just really pull us in to what it is that the lessons that you're teaching us. And I really, really appreciate what you shared about criticism and blame and judgment, you know, being this triad that can can really suck us in, but instead we have that choice to observe it. And I really encourage the listeners to take your words to heart and to find more about you at RoxyWright.com. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Victoria. I appreciate it. I love you. I love you. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.